Welcome back, Home with Havila podcast listeners. We're so happy you're here. You know, this past Sunday was Mother's Day. If you're a mother, we hope that you were celebrated and loved for all that you pour out every day. Whatever stage of motherhood you're in, we see you. We're praying for you. If this is a hard season, we're praying for you. We're covering for you. And we really wanted to celebrate you no matter what stage you're at. So we wanted to share over the next three weeks a message that Havla shared at Bethel on Mother's Day last year of 2022. She's talking all about how we truly are nurturing powerhouses. So she's going to dive into how Jesus was sent to earth and he was sent to live in Mary before his feet ever touched the earth, what that really means and what it means to be a nurturing powerhouse. So we celebrate you today. You're in our prayers. We're covering you. And I can't wait for you to hear the next three weeks. Thank you so much. I'm getting my mic on. Thank you so much. Dante, you can throw your shoes at me as long as they are stilettos, size seven and a half. You throw those shoes. I'm in. I'm in. Well, happy Mother's Day. I like to call it, we made it day. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? Like, we actually made it. And some of us, we got a shower today. It's like a miraculous day, mothers. And um, it's such an honor to be here. I, I love... I love Mother's Day. One of my favorite quotes is, I'd like to be the ideal mother, but I'm too busy raising my kids. (laughs) But for all my moms out there, I wanna make sure you don't leave empty-handed. So I put together a little um, gift for you, and it is a a little book, uh, The Three Things I Wish I Knew Before Coming a Mom. Now, I did speak at Life with Middles this week, and the moms there that have girls say it totally relates to them, but Lisa Bevere and I, did a course on raising boys, and I took out my top three favorite things that we talked about, and we threw it in there. So all you have to do is take a picture, and if you forgot your mother today, this is your moment to redeem. Just take a picture and send it to her. You're welcome, okay? Just do that. Yeah, that's for you. Love you guys. Open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter one. Matthew chapter one. I'm excited. I just got back from the Twinview service, and this is my third service, and it's been an incredible morning already. And um, I'm really excited about what God is doing and what he's elevating this morning. And I hope that all of us leave with a greater respect for women and a greater understanding of the value that they bring into the environments that we're in, whether it's home, workplace, uh, government, whatever it is that women um, don't have to fight to be somewhere, but they can be who they're called to be and be recognized and acknowledged for that. So I'm super excited about that. So let's go to Matthew chapter one, verse 20. Um, this is the voice uh, version. I, I often read uh, out of other versions, but I like the way that it was put. And I'm just gonna read right through it. It says, now when Joseph had decided to act on his instincts, a messenger of the Lord came to him in a dream. The messenger of the Lord, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to wed Mary or bring her into your home and family as your wife. She did not sneak off and sleep with someone else. Rather, she conceived a baby she now carries through miraculous wonder working of the Holy Spirit. She will have a son and you will name him, what? Jesus, which means the Lord saves, because this Jesus is the person 
who will save all of his people from sin. Verse 24, Jesus woke up from his dream and did exactly what the messenger had told him to do. He married Mary and brought her to his home as his wife though they did not consummate their marriage until after her son was born. And when the baby was born, Joseph named him Jesus Savior. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your presence, help, amen. (laughs) That's all you need. So last year, Ben and I were talking, you know, I, I grew up in a very female home, and I now live in a very male home. And as a woman, um, we like details. I like a play-by-play. Like if you ask, I remember asking my dad when he would come home, like, so what was it like? Who was there? What did they wear? You know, what'd you guys talk about? And my dad would go, oh, you want a play-by-play? And he would have to go through each of the things that I I enjoyed. And so as I got married, I would do the same thing with Ben. What, What was it like? What did they say? And so at one point, Um, in our bathroom as I was getting ready, he was explaining to me that he had had a conflict with some of his friends and it wasn't, you know, volatile or anything like that. But I, I, as he began to share what their conflict was about, I began to think, I have a solution for this. Like, I actually have a lot to say about this. And at first I wanna ask some questions. And so I began to um, start my, um, my, with, you know, uh, the pow- power of attorney. No, I began to start my, my deposition and I, um, I said, well, did you say this? And when they said this, did you think about this? And he's going, well, I didn't think about that. And I don't know. And I am giving him all of the best things I have on this topic. And I'm like, get him on the phone, call him and let's do this on speakerphone because I'm anointed for this. <laughs> and I, but I didn't say that, but I thought that. And as I'm sharing my best argument, the Holy Spirit says to me, Havala, when did you decide to be a chief problem solver rather than a soft place to land? And when he said it to me, I knew what he was talking about. He was saying, Havala, you're so focused on solving the problems of your husband, the problems of his friends, the problems of his friend's friends, that you have forgotten that your husband is coming to share, as, of, as your friend and life partner, he's coming to share something that was a challenge and you are turning into problem solver rather than saying, I'm a safe place for you to land. You are allowed to be in conflict. You're allowed to not know. You're allowed to not have a, the next move, but I've chosen to be that soft place to land. I'm a woman and I'm made to be a soft place. When I thought about that, I began to think about how Jesus was sent to earth and he was sent to live in Mary before his feet ever touched the earth. Mary needed to only create a safe place for the savior to be born and be developed. Mary was given a womb and that womb would hold life. It would create life and it would change the course of history. Some of us as women, we have forgotten that God didn't put us on the earth just to solve problems, but he's actually given us power to nurture. In fact, you as a woman, you are a nurturing powerhouse. You are a nurturing powerhouse. You have an ability to contain and hold life and develop it until it is safe to be on the earth. Think about it. Men and women are different. No matter what society says, men and women are different. 
We don't have to make conclusions about that. We can see simply just in our genetics and our, in our body that there are stories that God created. Women are the only ones who create life. They're the only ones with wombs. They're the only ones that protect life before it's on the earth. And women are created in their bodies to build, sustain, develop, and protect life. And they don't even have to try. A woman finds out she's pregnant and all of a sudden her body goes into action. It begins to grow the baby and feed the baby and develop the baby until finally the baby is big enough to where she wants to not be carrying it anymore. (laughs) Women are created to create safe places for people. We're created to be safe houses for the vulnerable, for the weak, for the immature. And God knew this because in Matthew chapter one, Mary and Joseph were living in turbulent times. And God decides, I'm sure he had a little conference call with the Trinity, and he said, you know, we wanna send Jesus onto the earth, and they decide that Mary would be the best place for him to land. Now, God being all-powerful and all-knowing, sent his son, fully God, fully man, would live on the earth for 33 years, but he would be sent in the most vulnerable way, an infant. And God thought, the best and most safe place that I could send my spirit is to the womb of a woman because a woman will take care of him. He didn't think I'm going to give my son to a pediatrician or royal family. I mean, if you're a mom, initially I would think I would like my son to come out as a six foot two man with like really strong, can fight for himself and walk out of the sky and land on the earth, right? That's how I want my son to be because I want him protected and safe. But God decides that he would be protected and safe in the womb of a woman. That is powerful. But it wasn't a perfect woman. It wasn't a well-educated or royal woman. It wasn't a woman that had it all together. No, this was a teen girl an unwed woman who had no special family lineage, no hierarchy of status or clout. She was just a woman who the Spirit of God decided this is the safest place to be. I wonder if maybe God knew that the Son of God would be safe because she didn't have it all figured out and she didn't know how to do everything and she didn't have to decide how to do it. She just happened to be pregnant with the Spirit of God, and she lived a supernatural reality in a very natural season. And I think about this, that for many of us, we wonder if God will use us, and if you are a woman, God wants to use you when you don't have it together, you don't know how to do it, because your body, your brain, your propensities, and your capacities are unique to you. 
God is not confused of why he created you, how he made you. The Bible says in Psalms that before you were in your womb, God saw you, he formed you, and he placed you in there. He knows every day of your life. He knows every hair on your head. He knows that you were made a woman or you were made a man. He knows the limitations and the, the, the successes that he's given you. And he knows that as a woman, this is so cool, our innate nature is to nurture. And that nurturing doesn't mean it has to look like this or say this or act like this. That would be limiting to the power of nurturing. Some of you are going to lead corporations and you are a nurturing powerhouse. Some of you are going to raise families and you are a nurturing powerhouse. Some of you are going to be the best aunt on the face of the earth and you are going to raise nurturing powerhouse. You're going to be a nurturing powerhouse to the world around you. You're going to fight and you're going to make sure that life gets sustained. God didn't look at Joseph and thought, let's give Joseph a baby. Why? Well, I would suggest that he wanted him to make it through childhood. (laughs) Have you ever seen the difference between a father and a mother? I have decided having lived with men and women, I have a female home I grew up in and a male home I live in now, that women want to keep everybody alive and men want to kill each other. The reason you are in this room is because some woman on the earth decided that you needed to live. (laughs) And so the funny part is that there's such a uniqueness between men and women. You know, a couple nights ago, my dog Barkley was barking. I know, the irony. And um, so he started to bark and it was kind of a ferocious, like angry bark. So Ben, my husband, who's over here, he climbs out of bed and he goes downstairs. It's quiet, it's 2.45 in the morning. Then I see him come upstairs and grab a few things. Then he goes back downstairs. Then he comes back up, he climbs into bed, puts his arms around me and he goes, you know, I'm, we're gonna, it's, it's okay. I said, well, what happened? He said, well, when I came downstairs, there was a shirtless man on our porch. And when I opened the door, he opened the door. And when I opened the door, he said, do you have a blanket? And so I ran upstairs and grabbed my sweatshirt and I grabbed a blanket off of one of our children. (laughs) He had two, he grabbed one. So he said, it's okay. He said, I gave it to him and um, he turned and left. I said, did he leave? And he goes, yes. I said, how do you know? He said, he was walking away. (laughs) I said, well, how do you know he's not going to come back? And my husband says, he's not going to come back. I said, well, how do you know? I go, how would you, like, what are you gonna do if he comes back and he's dangerous? And my husband goes, "Um, it's going to be fine. I will defend you. And I said, well, what would you defend me with? And he's like, it wasn't a slam, I promise. This is 2.30 in the morning, we're doing our best. And I said, what would you do? And he said, you don't think I would defend you? And I was like, well, that's not really what I'm talking about. I just want to know, like, do you have a bat? Do you have a gun? Like, what what are we talking about here? And he does this. He leans over and he goes, it's okay. You're safe. Shh, go to sleep. Shh, it's okay. Go to sleep. Now, I would like to let you know that when someone tells you not to be afraid and you are afraid, it doesn't help. 
and it actually evokes an emotion that makes you want to punch them in the face. <laughs> and so I'm laying there and he is asleep. <laughs> Sound asleep and I am eyes wide open. Every sound, I'm imagining the door is opening, the man is in the house, my four babies are in there, and I do not want to lose a baby. They take so long to make. <laughs> I have had four babies. I, I have had four C-sections. My tubes have been cut tight and burned. There is nothing coming out of this womb. And so when I lose one, that's, I'm not having any more. And so I'm very vigilant. It takes us a full year to have a baby, guys. It's not like, I wanna have a baby. It's like for a whole, just a whole year just to get them to like live. And then after that, another five years to keep them alive, if not longer. And so <laughs> I was thinking about the difference between a man and a woman. Ben is thinking results. He went away, I gave him what he needed, he's not gonna come back. I'm thinking, what about us living through the night? I'm thinking about life, I'm thinking about security, I'm thinking about my family, my nurturing. I don't think he's not thinking about it, it's just very different. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope that this message left you feeling empowered. We hope that you know that you are a nurturing powerhouse. And there is two more weeks of this goodness that Havla shares. So make sure you tune in to the next two weeks as we go through this series. If you had a favorite part, take a screenshot, tag us on social media, share this episode with a friend and leave us a five-star review. And we will see you next week on part two of Nurturing Powerhouse. Mm-hmm.